Pitch to him. And Sandoval hits it in the air to right. Rowe is going back. He's at the wall. And that ball is there. Another grand slam. Double your pleasure, Josh Sandoval. Grand Salamis in back-to-back innings for his first two career home runs. First and second. Canada deals. Myers hits it high, deep, right center field. Goodbye. And the Thunderbolts walk it off in the 10th with a three-run home run by Daryl Myers. Your final score, Windy City 7, New York 5. And the winning streak continues. They've won five in a row. Hello and welcome to the Bolts Pod, where we talk all things Windy City Thunderbolt related. Now the Bolts are one and eight in their last nine after losing three to Gateway at home at the end of June, three in Juliet, and lost two of three to Washington before snapping the losing streak with a four to three win on Wednesday. Now the Windy City Thunderbolts are in seventh place in the West Division, sitting at 19 and 27, and manager Brian Smith had a lot to say about what hasn't been clicking for them and what changes are to come in the new future. I mean, it's really been our starting pitching's inability to get guys out when they need to. I mean, we've, we've given up a lot of infield singles the last seven days, but it's not an excuse for these guys to allow crooked numbers every time, uh, you know, something doesn't go their way. And it's, it's really starting to show um, emotionally on the mound, which is starting to frustrate guys on the offensive side and you know the coaching staff because these are things that are out of our control and when they execute the game plan they see themselves getting easy outs quick innings and then when they start to uh you know fall out of pattern they get into these funks and then it's a woe is me situation which none of us in here are going to feel sorry for them if they can't kick themselves out of an inning when you give up when you when you score four after a nine hour bus trip and you should be riding pretty high and Immediately that went away because of our inability to get ourselves out of a jam, which we put ourselves in. And that's the um, that's the inexperience of the starting pitcher. It's also just one of those things where a competitor needs to come out and take charge and get yourself out of an inning and not um, not consistently look for help and and make it seem like you're not getting everything that's going your way or the umpires not, not making every call that you want them to make. It's, it's, it seems to be always somebody else's fault instead of them looking in the mirror and understanding that they need to make better pitches. And once they do, they will get their quick outs. And that's, that's going behind or getting ahead so quickly and then going behind so quickly. It was, it was a game where we knew we would, we would start to lose steam as the game went on just from being tired. And usually when you come out hot, you know, we put up that four spot and, if a zero would have been put up, it would have been a completely different ball game. And obviously it didn't happen that way. And our guys need to need to learn and learn quickly because as we spoke about today during the, the pitchers meeting that with the draft coming up, there's going to be a lot of quality arms available and moves will be made whether uh, they're anticipated or not, but guys jobs are on the line. It's not just a, we need to win today type situation. And we could, we could win six, seven in a row from, from now through the all-star break and moves will still be made because there there have been signs of of guys really just showing lack of a competitive edge and you know we're kind of fed up seeing it 
we've hung on to these guys because we did. There was a long stretch where the pitchers did a really good job, and they kept us in all of our ball games. And um, but the the stretch of the last six where we've given up 14, 6, 6, 6, 11, 13, 11, that's unacceptable. And, and they are to blame. And that's, that's how baseball is. It's, you gotta, you gotta look at your, your, your offense, your defense and your pitching and figure out where your weakest points are. And the offensive guys we've brought in have been successful and have given us a spark. And uh, there, there's been lack of arms available because of the draft, because a lot of guys are waiting until the the draft comes to see if they get an opportunity or a free agent sign afterward, and teams are going to be picking guys up out of a field, out of uh, out of indie ball after the draft to fill roster spots. So it's it's really going to be a lot of a lot of turnover, which there always is around the the draft. Typically, it's earlier, but the last couple of years it's been this late July. So it's just a, a part where I don't believe there are better guys sitting on the street than what we have available now. But once we get closer to that draft, those players will be available. Brendan, what are your thoughts about the eight-game losing streak and kind of what Brian had to say about the changes coming up? Yeah, you know, I think kind of Brian hit it on the head there. The pitching hasn't been nearly as good as it needs to be to give the team a competitive chance night in and night out. You know, you look at the box score from the Joliet series last week and the Pitching staff allowed six runs in all three games. Then you get to the series opener in Washington on Monday, and you know the Bolts jump out to an early 4-0 lead in the first inning, fresh off a long bus ride. So at that point, the team's got to be feeling pretty good. And it's just a complete meltdown from that point on, giving up seven runs in the bottom half of the first inning, and then ended up losing the game 14-6. So, you know, that's just so demoralizing for a team who had already lost six in a row now up to that point. And, you know, at this point of the season, Brian Smith has made it clear nobody on this roster is safe. He admitted he has a lot of high-character guys in the clubhouse, but when you aren't getting it done on the field, your job is definitely on the line. So, you know, you kind of look at the MLB draft coming up next week. A lot of fresh new talent will be pumped in the Frontier League, and, you know, teams will start making some transactions where guys will be cut and some high-level undrafted free agents will be signed by the Thunderbolts and other teams in Frontier League. So, yeah, expect a lot of roster shape up, not only with the Thunderbolts, but league-wide. And, uh, you know, especially this upcoming week for Thunderbolts will be pivotal for guys who have, are kind of teetering on the edge there of possibly keeping a roster spot or, you know, possibly being cut. So, you know, there's still a lot of guys in that Thunderbolts clubhouse that need to prove themselves, and uh, it'll be a, a big upcoming home stand after this next three games against Schaumburg to really prove that. Danny? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you saying. And, you know, it, you think about it and pitching is really the biggest thing that any baseball team needs. You know, I, I really like to relate it to my own high school team and the Thunderbolts in this past you know, bad stretch are exactly like it, except the opposite. My high school team was, you know, great in the pitching category of things. And we only had four or five guys in the, in the offensive lineup that could produce. And, you know, it, it got us far in the playoffs, but, you know, at the end of things, it didn't work out too well, but we definitely got farther than we would have, of course, if we had, you know, 
you know, even better pitching. And, and of course, those last four guys in the lineup. So with the Thunderbolts, the, it's it's all about pitching. You heard Brian Smith said it and in the interview. It's, it's all about pitching. Like, you can't expect to win. You can't expect to continue, you know, a good streak that they kind of had going into the, into the road trip. They had something going. And you can't expect to keep that going if your pitchers are just going to, you know, kind of fall off. Yeah, Danny. And I'll add to your point of pitching being so vital to team success. You know, Connor and Brian talked about it in their interview, but the Thunderbolts picked up two undrafted college pitchers last July after the draft in Cam Brown and Logan Wiley. And those two instantly became arguably the best right-handed throwers on the Bolts pitching staff. Logan was able to start games and go anywhere from six to nine innings consistently to give his team a chance to win. And Cam was a major piece in the bullpen, picking up his first career save and his first appearance. So, you know, whether it be guys fresh out of college who go undrafted or guys who have experienced in affiliated ball and are now getting cut to make room for new signings, no matter the path, uh, new faces bring fresh air to a ball club that's struggling and the player who might end up leading the Thunderbolts in ERA by season's end may not even be on the active roster yet. So it's definitely something to keep in mind as the draft approaches and the league-wide roster turnover begins. And speaking of the pitching staff, Lane Schitt's Paxson, he's tied for sixth place in number of saves with seven in the league. What are your kind of your thoughts about him and how he's done so far this season? Yeah, Schnitz Paxton, as he proved down the stretch last season and so far this year, is one of the more reliable arms, not just in the Bolts bullpen, but the entire Frontier League. You know, you mentioned he's seventh in the league in saves, and when you consider the recent struggles of the Thunderbolts, where he isn't getting many save opportunities, and the fact that they're eight games under five hundred as of today, it makes that statistic look all the more impressive. So I think he has a good chance of representing Wendy City in the All-Star game in a few weeks, and it's a spot he definitely deserves. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Brendan hit all the points on Schnitz Paxson. He's, he's really showed up for the Bolts this year, really kind of anchored them down at the end of games when they really needed it. And you heard Brian Smith in the interview say that, you know, they, they haven't, especially on the days when they don't have Schnitz Paxton to throw, you know, they didn't have that anchor to help them finish out the game. You know, they get – four runs and they expect, okay, you know, you got to, you know, close it out with your pitchers, but the, the, the hitting kind of just falls off. And then there's so much pressure on the pitchers and Schnitz Paxson's really been the only one for the bolts to be able to, you know, anchor him down. And, and, and he's done a really, really good job. As Brian mentioned in the interview, Although the pitching staff hasn't been too hot, he did talk about the offense being hot and being a spark with new players they brought in, like Jake Boone and also returner Dan Robinson. I think they've been two that have really stood out in these last couple of weeks with the Bolts. Yeah, uh, especially Jake Boone. You know, he leads the team now with 43 hits. Robinson is just behind him with 42. They each have 10 doubles and 20-plus RBIs. So, you know, they, they complement each other nicely. And we've seen them play anywhere in the lineup from lead off in the top half of the order all the way down to the bottom of the order. But, you know, even though they have different skill sets, Boone being a, a contact hitting righty, strong defensive infielder, and Robinson being a 
power hitting outfielder who swings a lefty bat. I think they both proved themselves so far this year. And, you know, the Thunderbolts offensively are going to have a strong half of the season like they did last year. You know, those two guys will be leading the offense the rest of the way. Yeah, I think the offense, you know, has really stayed solid, obviously, with, with those two guys, Robinson. Kept them together, really. And, and you know, 14, 6, 6, 13, and 11 in those games that Brian Smith mentioned in the interview, like, it's hard for an offense to, you know, score three runs in an inning and be like, okay, now we need to score six more to be able to win this game, right? So, and the offense has done a good job of that throughout the season. But when a team scores, you know, 14, 13, and 11, 40% or not even, that's that's three-fifths of the game. But anyways, like when you when you have to score that many runs to catch up on a, on a team and, you know, run so the opposite of run support is happening it's it's hard for an offense to do that no matter how good they are I agree with what you're saying Danny and I think it's also important to point out I don't think we've seen this offense at full strength yet this year you know the Bolts finally get Brent Spillane back in late June after a two-week absence who have been leading the team in home runs and slugging as well as Peyton Robertson your primary center fielder who missed an extended period of time but then they suddenly lose Daryl Myers as he goes down with an injury who had been, you know, leading the team in batting average, runs, hits, and on-base percentage. So, you know, you pair Myers, Blaine, and Robertson with some of the newer guys that have been signed like Brian Fuentes and Josh Sandoval who have seemed to almost be established everyday players now for the Thunderbolts. And it looks like a very potent and dangerous offense. So, you know, I hope at some point of the season we get to see the team at absolute full strength and see how many runs they can produce and wins they can stack. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at where they're at in the standings now. It doesn't look very good. They're, you know, second to last. But they do they do have a, you know, decent schedule ahead of them to get back at it and and really, you know, get get everything meshing together and, and you know, get, like you said, get some wins in the win column. That's, you know, they're only – what is it, you know, almost five games back of the lead or of the playoff spot, of the third playoff spot, and that's all they need to get to right now. That's their goal. So if they can get there or close to there, you know, by a little bit after the All-Star break, maybe a month after the All-Star break, they'll still have a decent shot if they can keep that momentum going. And where the Thunderbolts currently sit in the West Division in seventh place, the drop-off shouldn't come as a shock to many. You know, it was the Gateway Series at the end of June that started a nine-game, nine games and nine days schedule for the Thunderbolts. And after Gateway, it was three in Joliet and three in Washington. The Thunderbolts heading to the nine-game stretch were right in the middle of the West, just a game and a half out of third place in a playoff spot, right along with, of course, the Grizzlies and Slammers. So we knew heading in, the outcome of this past week could either work out very well for Windy City and possibly put them in a playoff position, or it would put them in a tough situation, and unfortunately for the Bulls, it did not work out in their favor. They currently sit in second to last place in the division, but with a lot of time to turn things around. Yeah, I agree, and with the upcoming series against Schaumburg at Schaumburg is going to be pretty much crucial 
for the Thunderbolts because if they can take away this as a series win or get a win out of this, then we go into the long homestand next week where we can maybe see the a spark trying to start up with the Thunderbolts. And Schaumburg, you know, they were kind of at the bottom of the West Division and they've been making their way back up. They were on a hot streak of winning seven games in a row, even though they've lost the last two. They were winning seven in a row. And that put them in fourth place right behind Juliet, who are sitting in third. And the Boomers are 23 and 23. The Slammers are 24 and 24. So if the Bolts can get this under their belt, that can kind of give them another shot at making their way up that line to get into third place, hopefully. Yeah, Brendan, uh, you said something earlier about kind of an interesting point on uh, this this point in the season and, and what happened last year. Right, Danny. So July 6th is the date that started the Thunderbolts turnaround in 2021. Entering the 6th of July last year, the Thunderbolts had lost 15 of the previous 17 games, dropping to 11-23 and 23 overall on the season. But on July 6th, they won the first game of an eventual three-game sweep of Schaumburg, kicking off a run of over 500 baseball to close the year. The Bolts went 32-30 and 30 the rest of the way and finished second in the Central Division. Now, the Thunderbolts find themselves in an eerily similar position this year. You know, they just snapped their longest losing streak of the season on July 6th. And just like last year, they now start a three-game series against Schaumburg. So, if history repeats itself, hopefully the Thunderbolts get a three-game sweep of the Boomers this weekend and finish the second half of the season on a tear. Yeah, I think uh, just just to see, you know, as Brianna mentioned, the Schaumburg series is huge on the road. And then they come back and they play a couple of teams, last place y'alls, a four-game set with the doubleheader, and then the Crushers, who are just ahead of them in, in the division. So if they can take, you know, the series against Schaumburg and, and do what they really should do against the last place y'alls and the Crushers, who are barely ahead of them and really should then, you know, it could turn right back around. Yeah, and that's kind of been the story of the season so far for Windy City. The inconsistency, as it seems like it's a different team that shows up each series. You know, you flash back three weeks ago and the Thunderbolts lose 4 or 5 at home to Lake Erie and Florence, who were the two bottom teams in the Frontier League West at the time. And then they respond by winning a road series in Joliet and a home series against first place Washington. Then, just when momentum seems like it's at a season high, they go on and lose eight straight. So, to be a consistent ball club, they need to get it done at all three levels by getting solid pitching, producing offensively, and you know limiting the fielding errors while playing solid defense. You do that, and I think the Bolts should be able to start stacking series wins. I think that's a great point, Brendan. So, the, uh, the next game is the 8th, which is going to be at Schaumburg. 630 is going to be the first pitch. So that concludes our Bolts podcast. And thank you for listening.